Hello and good evening, everyone. Those of you that are joining us here at the Thompsonville Seventh-day Adventist Church, we'd like to welcome you with a hearty amen. Can we all say amen? amen? We have gathered from night to night to be blessed by the theme of the week, Get Connected to the Vine. It is the only way that the Christian life could be successful, can thrive, and can produce works that will be an honor and a glory to the Lord. We've been blessed our first night, Eric Wiesner, talked about meekness. Last night, Brian Dickens talked about patience. Tonight, Louise Hine is going to be speaking about long-suffering. And I'll tell you a little more about him just before he preaches this evening. But it's still not too late to invite friends to join us. Thank you for joining us from night to night. And for those of you that may have missed the first two nights at our church's website, TV. SDAC.org. You'll find the first two messages there, as well as our YouTube channel, uh, Thompsonville Seventh Day Adventist Church. But we're excited because the, the, the theme is the reason why Christ can be effectively seen in and through our lives, get connected to the vine. I want to pray before we have our theme song and ask for the Lord to lead and guide in our meetings tonight. Let's bow together. Gracious Father, we thank you so much that you told us it is not by might nor by power, but by your Spirit. And we pray tonight that once again you'll send your Spirit into our hearts, into our lives, into our minds. And I pray in a special way for the chosen messenger for this evening, Luis Hein, that you'll bless him, that you'll guide his lips and his thoughts, and that we will listen to hear what the Spirit has to say to one of each one of us. And so, Father, be glorified and be honored in what is lifted before you as a praise offering tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's stand together and sing our theme song, Live Out Thy Life Within Me. We're going to sing all four stanzas. Live Out Thy Life Within Me. Live out thy life within me. O Jesus, King of kings, be thou thyself the answer to all my questionings. Live out thy life within me, in all things have thy way. I the transparent medium thy glory to display the temple has been yielded and purified of sin let thy Shekinah glory now shine forth from within and all the earth keep silence the body henceforth be thy silent gentle servant moved only as by thee its members subject to thy law, ready to have 
together but restful calm and pliant from bend and bias free awaiting thy decision when thou hast need of me together live out thy life within King of kings, be thou the glorious answer to all my questionings. Amen. You may be seated. Something that has been unique to our week of revival has been scripture songs. Scripture songs. We have found creative ways of committing to our hearts the knowledge of the Bible through scripture songs. And, and um, Ricky Carter has been the orchestrator of this portion of our nightly program as he has chosen scriptures that correlate with our topics from night to night. And this evening we're going to have uh, that scripture song sung to us is going to be Second Peter 3, verse 9. And I want to invite our team right now to share that scripture song. They're going to teach it to you, and then they're going to lead you in joining them in understanding how we can commit the scripture to our memories through scripture songs. Good evening. Good evening. Isn't God merciful? Amen. Just think on his merciful and long su- long-suffering, loving-kindness toward us as we all sing this song. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise As some men count, count slackness But His long-suffering to us Concerning his promise, as some men count, count slackness, but his long suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should. Nine. Second Peter three 
Shall we all sing it now? You can try. <laughs> The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count, count slackness, but His long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count, count slackness, but His long-suffering to us should come to repentance. 2 Peter 3 verse 9. 2 Peter 3 verse <laughs> from some Revelation scripture songs. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Creativity is the key. And thank you for being willing to bless us each night with a different scripture song. You know, let me share with you a little bit about our speaker for tonight before we have our special music come out, which is going to be brought to us by Jamie Armstrong. Uh, Jamie is the wife of Brandon Armstrong. Uh, she is from Guam. She's going to be singing and playing the ukulele tonight. I'm looking forward to that selection. But a little bit about our speaker for this night, Luis Han. Luis Han. It's, uh, I've always pronounced his name incorrect until this very moment because it had that spelling like French, and I always tried that way, but it's Luis Han. And uh, he is originally from Panama, uh, Panamanian, raised some in Panama, also then some in Venezuela, but I like to connect to the part. He's also from New York City. And uh, having that, I always said that anybody uh, being raised in New York City for any length of time should have a doctorate degree in communication because we could talk to five people at the same time. And I also like about him, he's a wonderful uh, pickleball player. We, we team up together when we have our exercises sometimes on Saturday evenings, and we enjoy fellowship with one another. And I work, work closely with him because he's also one of the directors for our 3ABN television. And he's been here a little more than two years now. His wife also works here, Diana uh, Han, and they have two lovely children. But uh, they've been married 17 years, two lovely children here at 3ABN for about a little more than two years. But he's been involved in various aspects of ministry for 12 years. But tonight, more than where he's come from, God has brought him to this moment. And I want you to pray for Luis tonight as he speaks about long-suffering. How does that gift reflect in your life? 
What kind of long-suffering is God developing in you to reflect his glory to the world? But right now, I'd like to invite Jamie Armstrong to come and bless us. And after Jamie plays and sings, the next voice that you will hear will be that of Louise Hahn on the topic of long-suffering.
Hello, hello. Good evening. Thank you, Jamie. A lot of times when people do special music and everybody's polite and say thank you, but I'm really thank you. Thanks because um, I didn't even know Jamie could sing that well. I just didn't have anybody to do the music for me and I asked her. But it's a blessing because even the music uh, is just perfect. I know who holds my hand. And uh, that's what I need today. So Pastor Loma Cain uh, introduced me. He just missed a little bit of my last name, and it happened every time. Everybody does it. I have about 20 last names <laughs> out of my last name. But it's Luis Jaén. Jaén, yeah. I mean, you don't have to learn it, but that's my last name. <laughs> As a, as a pastor say, I'm from Panama. Uh, Panama is a little country in Central America, and they speak Spanish. I've been in the States about close to 30 years now, but I have to confess something. I've been going to church always in Spanish. So I have my Bible in my brain in Spanish, and I always went to churches just to speak Spanish. And the only times I preach, I preach in Spanish. So, it's going to be a little bit of a challenge, but I know who holds my hand. Um, of course, I have a lot of Bible verses, and when I'm nervous, and it's in English, then it takes me a little bit of time to read it. So I ask uh, my good friend Eric Wisner, to read it for me. So every time a Bible verse comes up, he's going to read it for me, and I just talk about it. So, and I appreciate Eric um, for doing that. So bear with me. If I say something that you don't understand, just try to understand what I'm saying, at least the main point, because sometimes I will say things that doesn't sound exactly like it's supposed to. Last time I preached in in English for it was like 10 years ago. And it was a little church. But I, one day I promised to God that if anybody asked me to preach, I will preach. But I forgot to tell him that only in Spanish. <laughs> so when, when pastor asked me, I'm like, well, I promise that I will preach. So that's what I'm going to try to do. Uh, this week, uh, connected to the vine, we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, my title for today is Long Suffering. Oops, it was already there. Long Suffering. When I read this, I was wondering, what is long-suffering? So it's, sometimes it appears as a patient and sometimes as a long-suffering. But long-suffering is a little more than patient. It's a long patient with a little bit of suffering. <laughs> and uh, of course, when we talk about the, um, the fruit of the Spirit, we talk about joy, Love, 
patience, peace. And let me ask you, do you want those fruit of the Spirit? But have you wondered if any time you ask God for long-suffering? And it is one of the fruit of the Spirit. But why we don't ask? I mean, we, we kind of like, well, joy is nice, love is perfect. But the last part of that word, suffering, maybe I can skip it. <laughs> but it's not like that. <laughs> Sorry. So for the fruit of the Spirit, uh, studying about it, I realized that the fruit of the Spirit is not something that you could obtain or that you can gain doing something, or maybe you can earn. The fruit of the Spirit is more than that. It's something that only the Holy Spirit could put in your life. But, but, He doesn't put it from outside. The only condition is that He has to be inside. So he can develop the fruit of the Spirit. And we have to understand that because a lot of times we, we pray for patience. We pray for different things. But we have to pray that the Holy Spirit could live in us so he can develop uh, those fruits. And the other thing is the fruit of the Spirit is more than just an, an extra um, something that you're going to have. The fruit of the Spirit are the tools that God is going to give you to do the work that He wants you to do. But, and I don't know how many of you were here on Sabbath, Pastor Lama came preach a very good sermon. And if you remember... He was saying that sometimes God will ask you to do something so he can work in you. And the fruit of the Spirit, unless you are doing the work, they're not going to develop in your life. Because if there are tools for preaching the gospel and you're not doing the work, then you can keep praying, but unless you have action, nothing is going to happen. I'm going to put my glasses because a certain age, you cannot read anymore with your eyes. <laughs> so, is this for God? Oh, sorry, it's your turn. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So he has a good purpose in your life. And he's the one that's going to work the fruit of the Spirit in your life. You can try to be patient. And sometimes we need patience, especially at work. When you're directing and you have a very stubborn flood director, it's kind of difficult. And you say, Lord, I'm going to have patience with this guy. <laughs> Sometimes we say that, right? <laughs> we do. But that's not the way it works. It's, it's more than that. 
The next Bible verse it says Isaiah 64 verse 6 But we are all like an unclean thing and all our righteousness are like filthy rags we all fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away So basically we are nothing there's nothing good in us So even if you try to develop those fruits or what we can call fruits, there's nothing we can do unless the Holy Spirit work in us. Our next Bible verse. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 21. Make you complete in every good work to do His will, working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So he's the one that are going to make the work in you. So the fruit of the Spirit is a natural result of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. So by the time you are patient, you are loving, you are joyful, is only because you are doing the work that God asks you to do, and the Holy Spirit is developing those things. So, um, this is what I said. It's not a Bible verse, and you don't have to read it. You just read the Bible verse. <laughs> we have to remember this. The fruit of the Spirit is the natural result of the presence of the Holy Spirit residing in the believer. Now, coming to church and sitting here, that doesn't mean you are a Christian. That doesn't mean the Holy Spirit is with you. And, and it's interesting because, interesting, I learned that word again. When you don't speak English, you say interesting. That's why I say interesting. But Americans say interesting. <laughs> I'm learning English. When you hear about the gospel, the Holy Spirit starts working in you, right? And you have a little bit of the Holy Spirit. But how do we know that it's not enough? Because there's in the Bible an example of ten virgins. Did they have all oil? Yes, all ten had. All ten had oil. There was five with extra oil. And that's a big difference. God, you see, Jesus came. He gave his life for you. But after you save, you have to do a work for him. So the only way you can have the double amount of the Holy Spirit is doing the work that he wants you to do. Um. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. So we've been reading this the whole week, and we're going to continue reading about this. But mine is long-suffering. And I was thinking, what is long-suffering? And how I can talk about it. So I took a little part of the word out. 
and it's called suffering. How many of us like to suffer? <laughs> it sounds bad, right? It sounds very bad. But did Jesus suffer for us? We ask the question. Hebrews 12. For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. So the work that Jesus did was only through suffering. So this is something special in the suffering. And unfortunately, we always run away from suffering. When we talk about being a missionary, go to a far place to do a work that God wants you to do, you start thinking, how am I going to eat? What if it's dangerous? What if I get sick? What if I die? But God is asking us to go. I remember that Jesus said, go into all the world, right? He didn't say, go to the places that are not dangerous. He never said that. He says, go. The next verse. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. So now we know that Jesus suffered for your salvation. The question is, are you going to suffer for the salvation of others? Oh, let me put it this way. Do we have to suffer for the salvation of other people? Do you think we have to? Do we do it? <laughs> That's the question. A lot of times we know a lot of things. And uh, I'm going to make you an example of how I see sometimes my condition and condition of my church. If you play soccer, you know the sport, soccer, right? Some people um, know more than others. Jorge Jaque, he knows a lot. But let's say that I want to play soccer professionally, right? I want to learn and I want to play professionally. So what do I do? I go to the store and I buy soccer ball. And I buy shoes so I can play soccer. And I buy a book, this big, that is going to tell me how to play soccer. And I go back home. I go home, I put my shoes, start kicking the ball, reading and reading, and I read the whole book. Now I'm a professional soccer player. Are you saying that I'm wrong? Wait, wait, wait. If I study for 20 years this book about soccer, and I already learned how to play with the ball, why am I not a professional player? I'm sorry? Well, I've never been out there playing soccer. I haven't found a big guy that when I'm going with the ball, he's going to push me or kick me and throw me on the floor. 
So we as a Christian, a lot of times we do that. We get the Bible. We learn about Jesus. We read it and read it and read it. We read it at the Sabbath school. We read all the magazines. We read all the books. And every Sabbath we come to hear a different sermon. That makes me a Christian. If I don't practice what I'm learning, Spirit of Prophecy says, the more you impart knowledge, the more knowledge you get. The more light you shine to others, the more light you get. You know what is the problem? Why we don't learn more about the Bible? It's because we learn by reading it and reading it over and over and hearing different pastors talking about the same thing. Somebody's calling me, but I don't get phone calls at this time. If you don't teach the Bible, you will never learn. And that's how you're going to see that the uh, fruit of the Spirit works. Because when I sit down with somebody... And I'm nervous because I don't know too much. And that person needs to know. Who you think is going to speak through me? Who? The Holy Spirit. And what's going to happen when the Holy Spirit is in me, working through me? He's going to develop the fruit of the Spirit. But if I sit down in the church... Learning and learning and learning and learning. In Ezekiel, there's a, a chapter. It talks about the fat lambs. Have you ever read that? Have you ever read it? It's called about the fat pastors and the fat lambs. Are those that feed themselves with the word and they get fat. So far, they just, they just come and sit down in the church. They don't go out. But let's, talk, let's keep talking about suffering. And this is the part that you're probably not going to be too happy. I wasn't too happy when I read it. But I forgot. I have a question for you. The Bible was written for who? Okay, usually when I, when I ask this question, I will continue asking the question until I hear the answer that I want to hear. The Bible was written for who? For who? For me. Say it. The Bible was written for? So whatever the Bible is going to say is for? Don't blame me. Um, you can read a little faster on this one because it's a little long. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 19 through 21. For this is commendable, if because of conscience toward God one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. For what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, 
if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. We should follow what? In what? In suffering. Now, you can come on a winter and probably you fall because it's this ice. Is that the suffering the Bible is talking about? The Bible is talking about when you give your life for others. It's a little more for us. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed. But on your part, he is glorified. So why these Bible verses in the Bible is not our favorite? Why we don't obey certain things in the Bible? And sometimes we wonder why we struggle with our Christian experience. I've been Adventist well, baptized 30 years. But I still struggle. And we struggle. But let me tell you something. You're going to continue struggles until you forget about your life and put attention to those that are lost. Because you have to understand something. Jesus already did the job. You don't have to worry about yourself. What happened with those that uh, try to save themselves. What the Bible said. You will lose it. And how you gain salvation? By giving your life for others. And that's our biggest problem. Is that we don't do anything for other people. We don't sacrifice. I was talking this morning with Pastor uh, Kenny. I was member of the church... I was like extremely Adventist. I was not Adventist. I was extremely Adventist. I was in church Tuesday for my meeting with my group. I was at church on Wednesday because it was prayer meeting. I was in church on Thursday because I have another meeting with my group. I was on Friday to receive Sabbath. I was from 7 in the morning sometimes 6.30 in the morning to 9.30 on Sabbath the whole day. And on Sunday, we will come for pathfinders and other things. I was in the choir. I was teacher. I was, I don't know, many things. I was super Adventist. <laughs> but at the age of 30, I left the church. And I left, it, I left it for good. It was so hard that people would come to my house from church and say, Brother, Jesus loves you. And I said, I know. I know he died for me. I know he died for my sin. 
I know everything in the Bible. I just decided not to follow him anymore. That's what happened to me. And then, thank God, I came back to the church. But when I came back to the church, I was asking, I was wondering why, if I was super Adventist, why I left the church. What could have happened that it was not strong enough for all those years as a super Adventist that didn't keep me in the church? And when I came by, I said, I have to do something different. So I started reading more about the spirit of prophecy. And I learned about mission. Do you know what mission is, right? And I'm like, I've never done mission. <laughs> I've never gone anywhere. Maybe to the hospital to visit some, some people in the hospital and come back home. Or maybe give our little flyers there and come back home. But I never have put myself in the position that God has to sustain me and guide me. I went to India for a mission trip. And that's what I understood what happened to me. I was too comfortable. It was nice to be super Adventist because I, all my friends were Adventists. I didn't have any friends that were not Adventists. So we were playing Saturday night. We don't say bad words. We don't fight. Everything was perfect. I will go to church. I will put my suit and people will see me and everybody was happy. But I didn't know until I went to India that there are towns of one million people that there's not even one Christian. And whose fault is that? It's mine. Because I was super Adventist in the church, but I didn't worry about those people that are without knowing God. And that's why those fruit of the Spirit never develop. You get used to being good, kind of. I never drink. I never smoke in my life, ever. I never been drunk in my life. I never ate pork. So I was good. But I left the church. And some of us don't leave the church. Sometimes it's worse. Because we're still here. We're still not doing anything. Next verse. Matthew chapter 10, verse 21. Now brother will deliver up brother to death, and the father his child, and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. A lot of time when we talk about persecution and suffering, we think it's a future for some reason. We always think, oh, persecution will come. But the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible said that if you preach you will be persecuted. So, persecution and suffering is a consequence of our work for God. So if we're not suffering and we're not being persecuted, it's because we're not doing the work that we need to do. And you know what happened is, um, 
pastor also mentioned the prosperity gospel. If you preach the prosperity gospel, people will want that. I want a car. I want a nice house. I want to feel good when I go to church. And then we become a big church, but we are empty. But when we suffer, then we understand what Christ went through. And we understand the love that he had for us. And God is merciful because he gave us our family, our kids. When I had my son, that was the first time I understood what is to be willing to die. I said, I will give my life for my son with no even thinking about it. But God wants you to understand that for anybody, not only for your kids, for anybody. There's a Bible verse, and if somebody could find it for me, um, I don't have it here. First uh, John 3.16. First John 3.16. No, First John 3.16. No, don't think that is the easy one. John 3.16. <laughs> I never make it easy. First John three sixteen, and I'm going to read it. I can read it. I just have Eric because he reads better than me, but I can read English too. Three sixteen. Now, who knows what about John three sixteen says? Somebody can say it. God's. So he gave what? His son. Now, his son died or not? I mean, it's, it's, it's just poetry that the Bible says he died and we like, oh, that sounds good. Or he actually died. And it's interesting. One three sixteen, 3.16, it says, Hereby perceive we love of God. Because he, what? Lay down his life for us. And then he says, and we ought to lay down our life for the brother. It doesn't say you have to be willing. He said, we have to. The only disciple that didn't die was John, or that he wasn't killed. So they all gave their life. A lot of people think, Jesus did everything for me. I don't have to do anything. I'm saved. But the Bible said you have to give the life for others. And if we keep coming to church, it's going to be hard to find somebody to give the life for because they're all saved. Right? Paul says, I'd rather preach where nobody has preached. So long-suffering, even though we don't want it, it is part of the, the fruit of the Spirit. And not only this one, but all of them are going to be developing our character in our life when we do the work that we need to do. And he's to preach the gospel. But not to tell people when you get to know God, you're the happiest person on earth, because that's not true. That, that is not true. 
we will suffer if you really do the work that God wants you to do. Unfortunately, Romans 8, 16 and 17. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. There you go. I didn't say it. It's the Bible. And that is that for who? You don't have to look to suffer. I mean, now, okay, well, I'm going to hit myself and I'm going to. No, you just have to do the work that God wants you to do. And doing it, you're going to find a lot of opposition. And you're going to find worse thing than opposition. Sometimes you're going to lose your life. We know, and if you know the story of our church, many missionaries die trying to take the gospel to different places. I know the story of uh, two missionaries that they found out that there was an island full of slaves just in that island. And they say, how can we go and preach the gospel there. There's no way. There's, there's only guards and slaves. So they sold themselves as a slave to be able to go where the slave were and preach the gospel. And we get mad sometimes when the pastors take too long preaching. Not, not Pastor Lomakey, no. <laughs> I'm going to... Sometimes when I... When I, I can talk a lot, but I'm, I'm going to try to be on time. So I'm going to um, go out fast with these ones. Philippians chapter 1, verse 29. For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. We have, to, we have to suffer for his sake. But why? I'm going to go to this one. Acts chapter 5, verse 41. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. If you want to be a professional soccer player, you have to go out and play against your enemy. And you have to beat your enemy. And then you can call yourself a player. But if you stay home with a nice uniform and shoes and your, and your ball and doing all this trick, Are you a professional? You know that the... Do you know the worst university in the world is? Have you heard of the worst university? The church. Because <laughs> what I know about universities, and don't get me wrong, let me explain. 
Don't throw any rocks yet. If you go to university, let's say you want to study medicine, well, you're going to take 10 years, right? And then you become a doctor, right? If you want to be an engineer, five, six years, four, and you become an engineer. When you go to the university, you learn, you study, you finish, and you go out. But I know Christian that I've been in a church for 30, 40 years, and they still haven't graduated. They still in the same place. We are in the same place. If we come to church, if we come to Christ, is to learn to do what He did and do it. And if we do it, then the fruit of the Spirit will come naturally. When I was in India, in India people love for you to pray for them. They love. Uh, when I was preaching, um, it was like 15 people sitting down on the floor. We finish, and then when I finish, I see that everybody start making like a line. And I ask my translator, what are they doing? They say, oh, no, now you have to pray for them. And then I saw the line, and I'm like, but that line is like 50 people. <laughs> Where are they coming from? They just come for that, for you to pray. And I remember I was... It's hard, but sometimes you have to do what you have to do. So people will come, oh, my son is, is sick. Okay, Lord, please bless this, his child to get well. And sometimes I was praying, and I was like, I don't even know if that's going to happen. But they were waiting. They were, they were believing that you were the one. You were representing God, so he's going to hear you. And I remember this lady came and said, I don't have a job. I haven't worked in months. But if it rains, I can work. So can you, play, can you pray that tomorrow will rain? And I'm like, <laughs> Has anybody in the church asked you for that? Ever? In the church? I mean, we, we ask for prayer for our sick people, for a loved one. So, I prayed. Not believing, really. Because I haven't seen that. I read it in the Bible. But you know what is our problem? Is that we read a lot of things, but we don't really believe it was true. Because we, we just don't do it. The next day, it rained. And it wasn't because of me. But I understood that when you are out there, you will see God working. You will see the God of, the, the hand of God working. Because there's nothing I can do to make the rain come down, but God could. I remember I had 21 cents in my account because I was already working as a missionary or 
as a volunteer. And somebody asked me, we want to do a mission trip, and it's going to cost $5,000. I laughed. I'm like, I don't have money. Where in the world am I going to get $5,000? To make the story long short, I got $6,000. And I said, Lord, now I know that when you said, don't worry about what you're going to eat and what you're going to wear, it's true because I can see it. Do we really see God working? Or sometimes we think, because I was sick and now I'm better, oh, thank God. But have you seen the work of God working a miracle? You know what will happen if, if, if in the church we start seeing miracle? It happened what happened when God, when Jesus gave the 5,000 bread. It's just a bunch of people going to come. But why you see those things happen in other places, like in India? Because nobody's going to see you there. And only God is going to show himself and his power. But we make God very little. Very little. Uh, I know it's, time is going to go, so I'm going to go. Can you read that for me? Please? Numbers chapter 14, verse 18. The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and by no means clearing the guilty. God is the, the main, the biggest long-suffering. He started suffering when Satan rebelled against them. And he suffered when we fell. And he's been waiting for us to understand that. But he cannot come down here and explain it to you. The only way we're going to understand it is that if we do what Jesus did, and we will suffer for others, and then you guess what? We're going to get joy. Because that's what the Bible said, right? Paul said, I feel joy because I've been suffering for Christ. And we keep praying for joy. We're not going to find the joy if we pray for it. We find the joy when we suffer for others. And we understand what Christ did for us. And we're thankful that we can help him a little bit, even though he's the one that's doing it. I have a little video for my end. I'm going to skip all this. Let me see which one is the last one. This one. So the video is not going to have audio in the beginning. But I tell village you... Village of Bede, where we live, oh, it's it a difficult village for the local for, people to live. Anyway, no she's Wendy Roberts. Water, she's a nurse. It's difficult to grow food because it's so hot. They only grow can, food. Can you lower the volume one about, second? And I'll tell you when to... Here, can you? Thank you. Is living on what they have left uh, she and her husband moved to Chad in Africa to be missionaries. Or she's explaining what she goes through, the things that she does. 
Thus, their kids. And half or something, and he was smaller than our youngest daughter, who was barely. And she's just explaining what. I don't know. I might have sent the wrong video, but not. Is this is the right video? But I, I just cut it. There's any way you can forward this a little bit? Sorry about that. What just lower the volume and can you find on that he was talking? Well, I tried to show you this video. I edited it, but I guess I sent the wrong one. Her and her husband, her husband is a pilot. He's in America, but he was born in Kenya, so he speaks Swahili, and that's him. Um, he speaks Swahili, French, English. Indonesian and other languages, and he is a mechanic, an aviation mechanic. But he and his wife decided to go to Shad to do the work that God asked us to do. Um, you can, it's okay, you can stop it because it's not going to get to. I'll say about it. This interview, in this interview, he started telling about the work that he does how God did many miracles. And then he got to the point that he said, well, uh, five weeks ago, I have to uh, lay down my son that died out of malaria because Africa is a place that is... And uh, I wanted you to hear him because when he said it is, it's so... He said, that's the cost that we have to pay for reaching others. But he said, I know one day I'm going to see him in heaven. So I don't worry about him. And they continue working. They work in Shad for many years, and now they're working in Indonesia. And the daughter is, is already growing big. But sometimes we have to go through this pain to understand the work that God wants us to do. And our problem is that we see life completely different. We see our life. We say we have to study, buy a house, buy a car. And before I'm 65, I hope I can have a good retirement. And things added and added. And at the end, Eternal life, maybe. God sees a completely different. God sees eternal life. The time that you're going to suffer here is minimum. But I will repay you for what you've done, for the, the souls that you brought me. Can you imagine being in heaven and Jesus come to you and say, Ian, thank you. Because all these people are here because of you. And I know you suffer doing it. And I know you went through a lot of pain. But I'm, I'm in charge now. And he's going to pay us. We have to stop thinking in our life right now and start thinking in the eternal life. 
We have very little time to do the work that God asks us to do. And some of us have been wasting a lot of time. So we have to decide that it doesn't matter if we suffer, we will do the work that God wants us to do. And then the fruit of the Spirit are going to be present in our life. May God bless you. Okay, um, let's stand so we can pray. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you because sometimes you show us that there's so many things we have to do and that we need to trust you. We need to stop worrying about our life and start worrying about the salvation of many other people that haven't heard your name. I'm the first one, Lord, that asks for forgiveness and ask you to show me what to do and not be afraid of where and how I'm going to get there. Help us to start now here with the person next to us, the person that lives, our neighbors, the people that we see. And I know like Paul, you will take us far away in places that we don't even imagine just to try to tell others about your salvation. You did everything for us. Help us understand that now is our turn to do it for others. And then the fruit of the spirits are going to be in our character. Thank you, Lord, for helping me talk. I hope um, what I said was a blessing for others, and we can think about it, we can pray about it, and we can do your will. Thank you for on, for listening to our prayers. In Jesus, I pray. Amen. You may be seated for a moment. Can we say amen? amen? And before you go away, those who have joined us via our stream, we want to just remind you tomorrow night again, our speaker is going to be Ricky Carter. He's going to talk about joy. Now, if you listen to what Luis Hyen said, you know that suffering brings joy. And uh, praise the Lord, I finally pronounced his name correctly. Weren't you blessed tonight? Can you say amen? And now we're learning where we're moving. You will find the joy and the satisfaction if you are willing to do what Jesus did. He suffered not for the sake of suffering, but the Bible says when he, Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, for, who for the joy that was set before him despised, he suffered, he despised the shame. He said, I've got to go through that, but the joy is later on. And I want to encourage you. Uh, you know, we've had people, those of you who have come from night to night, and we've had people watching from Belize, Las Vegas, Trinidad, Tobago, Malaysia, Colorado, Mississippi, South Carolina, Tennessee, Minnesota, New York. So we're not the only ones. So still invite someone. If you have friends, send the link to them. If they are not here locally, they can join us. But we look forward to seeing you tomorrow night for another edition of Get Connected to the Vine. God bless you, and good night. <laughs>